0: you know, as a a parent, um, as, as a spouse, you know, as a, as a role model, um, as a support system and those like little moments where I, I recognize it and I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's like you hit the money spot, you know?
1: Hey everyone. And welcome to yet another episode of entering motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all of the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Connie, a mom of two, about how she fostered connections in the height of it all when it honestly just felt like a whirlwind of motherhood.
2: Hello and welcome to entering motherhood. I am super excited to have you here and really just jump into this conversation. So how about You start off by telling us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yes. Well, thank you for having me. It is um, 9 p.m. on a Friday night, but I am so excited to be here with Sarah virtually for the first time. Um, My name is Connie Garces. I am a mother of two. Well, actually, I guess five technically, three dogs and two human children, Um, I am a doctor of physical therapy, and I'm just, yeah, a working mom professional. That's just how it is. Um, But yeah, so thank you for having me.
2: Awesome. So how about you tell us, you know, you're a mom of two, but what was that first baby like? What was the first time entering motherhood experience like? Just give us a little insight on, on your first pregnancy, your firstborn, what those emotions were like.
0: Yeah, so baby number 1 um was with Odin and he was a surprise gender baby. So a lot of just patience with prepping for him, you know, a lot of happy and exciting emotions. Obviously, it was very new um to my husband and I. So there was just a lot of I think prep work on my part. You know, I really wanted to make sure that I was equipped that my husband and I were ready. Our house was ready. Well, I I guess our apartment at the time, but our home was ready, um, to bring, you know, a new, um, family member. And so I, I felt like it was a lot of prep work. You know, I am just accustomed to studying and, you know, you know, I am a professional, so I felt like, okay, I need to like dive deeper, ask questions and do a lot of like reflection at that time. So with baby number one, I felt prepared, honestly. Um, I was ready for labor and delivery. Um, I knew what kind of like birth, you know, I wanted to aim for. And so I even prepped for that. And it was, you know, I felt like my, my journey into The start of motherhood was all falling into pretty much um, place. It wasn't perfect, but it was all by means. I felt empowered. Um, I felt educated enough. And it was challenging, right? Bringing um, the first little human to light. And I mean, we were just really set to form um, a strong bond between my husband and Odin and I. It was a lot of ups and downs for sure. Um, but I don't think anything would have prepared me for baby number two.
2: (laughs) So you were saying, you know, like you were focusing on building that like strong bond with him. Like, what was that like looking like during your pregnancy? Like, what were you kind of envisioning for that? And how once Odin came, did you, did you focus on building
0: that bond? Sure. Sure. So when I was pregnant, actually something that um, my husband, Greg, and I did was every night um, we actually had a prayer book and it was praying to baby um, still in belly. And so it was a way for us to kind of connect with baby, even in the womb, um, so that baby could hear our voice um, and could hear our wishes, could hear our prayers. So every night Greg and I would kind of take turns on who was reading the prayer and it was very short and sweet, but it was like a little prayer book. And I mean, we, we took that very seriously as our time to connect um, with baby, even at that um, stage. So I feel like the, the bond definitely started like, I mean, as early as those, you know, those months. So I mean, looking back at it, I was like, okay, that's actually pretty neat of what we did. You know, we didn't really think that it was, you know, a a huge to do, but I really think because of the intention behind it, that we wanted, you know, baby to connect to each other's voice. I do think that it has translated over even, you know, at infancy and, I mean, into today, you know, we have a very strong bond that was just like one little thing that I think was a very um, important and, you know, just strong opportunity for us to set a good, you know, foot to begin with.
2: Yeah, I think that's something like, you know, at first, like when you think about it, it's like, oh, it's so silly, like I'm talking to my belly. And like, it's hard to kind of perceive, that idea of like, there is a child in there and there is somebody that's listening. So that's really awesome and unique that you guys, you know, took that so seriously. And even from the very beginning, we're able to bond with Odin in that way. I think a lot of people don't even understand like they're like, Oh, yeah, like baby can hear you. But like, they don't quite get like, they can hear you, they can really you know, hear your voice and get accustomed to that. So it's soothing when they come out and they recognize your voice or your partner's voice, or people around you like they're able to pick that up. And I think it's unique to see, you know, even after they come out, they do sort of like turn their head a little bit more towards those people's voices that they've learned to recognize.
0: Yeah, as soon as Odin came out, I mean, we, you know, I delivered him, and put him right on top of my chest um, in the water. And Greg was actually sitting behind me looking down at him. And I remember his little face, you know, looking up and we were both talking to him. You know, he didn't really cry. I mean, it was pretty calm. I mean, it's funny because I'm like trying to reflect back on <laughs> baby number one's birth story. And it it really was. I mean, he was on my chest and looked up and I mean, he was pretty calm. I mean, you know, just all of a sudden came out, you know, and whoa, rocked his world. Um, But I I do think that that really played a role, you know, in in giving him a little bit of comfort um, hearing us as soon as he, you know, was delivered. So.
2: And then what other things have you done since to really help like build that connection and, and stay close with him in that way?
0: Yeah. So with, with Odin specifically prior to baby number two, um, prior to Ellie being born, we spent, my husband and I spent a lot of time making sure that he had a good understanding of how loved he is how secure he is in our home with us around, um, with his grandparents, who he is with um, during the week, just really allowing him that you know, sense of security and confidence um, that, hey, like we are here for you, um, for you to test out the waters in this world um, and that we are right by your side to support, and to place you know those safe boundaries So we did spend a lot of time just, you know, when we got home from work, building those connections. I remember when Odin was, um, you know, within his first year when he was just a baby, Greg would pick him up. I mean, we had our, you know, weekly routine and my mom would sometimes pick him up. And then whenever um, at the middle of the day, my mom actually would bring him to nurse um, at my clinic. So I would nurse him in the car. Um, so even through just like that form of nursing, I, you know, it it was a mission of mine to, as long as he wanted to, you know, just keep up that type of bond. Um, so I nursed him all through the first year and my mom like literally was you know, on a mission every single day to either meet me at the clinic, or if I was at a meeting or something off site, she would meet me in the parking lot. It was very strategic. And, you know, bless her for being patient with me. But we knew what the value was in that. And um, I think because we put in that much effort, just to even have like that um, allowance of connection time, through nursing, I think that really strengthened it and was a, you know, great opportunity there. And then at the end of the day, like Greg and Odin would sit on the balcony to watch cars um, and wait for me to get home. And I just remember that it was every single day, like they had their moment, like out on the balcony and it has translated to, you know, Odin being obsessed with cars, which I don't think is setting us up for, you know, great for the future. Definitely going to be expensive um, later on down the road with his car obsession. Um, But they connected, you know, just through that time of, you know, being alone together, no electronics, you know, it was, it was really just, you know, that time to bond. Oh, you know, that was, that's what we were doing uh, straight for the first year. And then When we found out we were pregnant right after Odin turned a year old, I mean, it definitely was like, okay, we're really going to focus on what does this look like now and what is going to this look like in the future, you know, to put us up um, in a good position. Um, So daily, it really truly was... um, allowing time especially at the end of the day to be a family you know um to be in the playroom to be on the floor um to not have you know the tv or the phone you know on or the ipad or whatnot it was really like just being cognizant and aware um and odin is very he's very emotional like he does not mind showing you know his array of emotions so I mean, my husband and I were just very in tune to his cues to see like where his needs, you know, where his needs are. I mean, there are days where even now, and even reflecting a a year ago, um, he would definitely have a different temperament, like in different situations. And, you know, for me, it was just recognizing, okay, does he need that moment for us to connect because there's a lot going on. And it's, it's very true. Like, when he is just all over the place, because there's a lot going on and there's a lot of stimulation, I can tell that. And we can take him outside and, you know, give him just a moment of just like quietness. And I mean, he just, he'll hug us, you know, he'll hug us. He plays with my hair. And it's just, he wanted like a time to step away and connect. And it's really I don't know. It's really neat when like we we read it and we're like, okay, that's what it is, you know. Um, but I think that like strong bond, you know, has allowed us to see even more than he's able to express to us, you know.
2: Yeah. And then, how do you feel like that has helped you, you know, in your own personal postpartum journey? Having that connection and being able to bond with your child, like, how do you think that has helped your emotions? And like being able to see that and see them come to you for comfort.
0: I mean, honestly, it it makes me feel like I'm the shit, you know, I mean, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this, but it really is just, it's so strong of an emotion, you know, that you, you get from that because we are all out here, like trying to do our best, trying to be our best, you know, as a, a parent, um, as, as a spouse, you know, as a, as a role model, um, as a support system and those like little moments where I, I recognize it and I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's like you hit the money spot, you know, it has definitely helped to allow me to feel, um, like, Hey, you know, I, it's not that I don't, you know, have low confidence that like, I'm a great mother, but you know. I have gone through postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety through this like second, um, the second baby. And so I think getting those little moments that I remember so well with like Odin and getting them with Ellie, um, it really has just helped, um, you know, like my mood and bouncing through and adjusting, you know, with, um, all the stress uh, of life on top of just trying to be the best for, you know, the, um, the two babes now. Yeah, I mean, it really does make me feel really powerful. i um, like, okay, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Um, Sometimes it's a struggle bus, but those little moments where, you know, you're able to like, hug the baby or hug the toddler. And they're either messing with your hair or you can tell like they instantly stop crying. It's like you've read them and you're, you're so in tune with them that you recognize that and you know, you just, you know exactly what they need.
2: Yeah. And then, so how about for a mom that maybe, you know, you guys were being so proactive with Odin and making sure, you know, even in the womb, you were talking to him, doing the prayers and and connecting with him. Let's say, you know, there is this mom with this new baby and she hasn't prepped for this and she's struggling bonding with her child. What would you kind of like suggest on like where they could maybe start? Or maybe you're just not that kind of person like you want to have that like little relationship with them but you know you don't have as like calming of a personality or the patience like everything just seems so overwhelming and like they can't even like they're listening to this and they're like well yeah that sounds dreamy that sounds real nice to have that bond but like no way am I gonna have that where would you kind of like what what things were you reading what things were you trying to like figure out like what really led you down this path of wanting to build those strong connections with your kids.
0: Yeah, I think like knowing what the overall goal was to begin with and then seeing what I personally, you know, needed. I had to start there. You know, I had to start it start it starts with me as far as like internally assessing what's going on with me. So really at the at the forefront figuring that out therapy helped a lot you know I started therapy with Odin uh, well right after having Odin and I had dabbled in um, getting you know counseling like even before pregnancy but it just nothing really like clicked I think um, I did not have the the self-awareness that like hey like I could benefit you know from this um just even with what's happened like in my life, just to have like that professional um you know, backing of what's going on, like help me prep on on you know my headspace, there was a lot of I think epiphanies just going through like counseling just individual um that allowed me to recognize, okay, this is kind of what I want to make sure to obtain like through the first year or you know just at the start of my connections with my children as well as like my spouse you know so i mean i had to start somewhere and that's really where i started and through um individual you know therapy I had a lot of questions and I had a lot of discussion points that I spoke to my therapist about that, like, Hey, like, you know, what should I be looking into? Um, Because there's a lot, I mean, we're all new parents, right? So I'm like, it's not like you can just like learn this in school and then like arrive tomorrow with a diploma saying that you're going to be a great parent. I mean, it is so fluid and it's so dynamic. Um, but i needed like some type of like foundational core that i could lean on um, so that was figuring out me to start off with and then just finding something that i could lean on to as far as like concepts or ideas like what do i value what are my goals as a parent or you know at the time that i type of parent that i wanted to be the type of relationship that i wanted to have um so a lot of that prep work went through therapy and it was ongoing. I mean, I, you know, had Odin and it was like a whirlwind of like emotions and then like, um, things to do and and stress and just like life falling, you know, um, falling into place. We, uh, built a house, um, in Odin's first year. So there was a lot going on. And in going to therapy consistently, was able to kind of like have those conversations um to kind of be able to put, you know, um a lot of thoughts down and um start to recognize and and be aware of uh just personal goals and um things that I valued, you know, um and and then which direction I wanted to go. So it is still a work in progress. I mean, even with you know, Ellie and just going through, you know, postpartum depression like this um, through this like last pregnancy. um, And, and afterwards, like it's, it's a lot. And this was also too at the time of COVID. So let's not throw in that extra wrench there, you know, Um, but consistently going to therapy and asking questions and just having that professional, you know, soundboard to offer. I mean, I got a lot of great like readings um, through, you know, advice of my therapist, just like talking, you know, talking things out. Um, She was able to kind of like recognize and kind of like help me, you know, offer up some good like readings. Um, So I read a lot, Um, you know, I still read. There's a lot out there. That's a thing too, is there's a lot of advice out there. Um, there's a lot of, of research. If you're into that, you know, which, you know, I was really heavy in, into the research and the literature just from like my scientific background. Um, so I kind of like leaned on a lot of um, books that were centered around that. And then honestly, like I just had to figure out what was noise and then what was actual support, you know, what was actually contributing, um, to, uh, to my knowledge and to my, I guess like my, I would say my parental toolbox, you know, like what can I pull out of my back pocket at any given moment that was going to, uh, contribute to a a stronger, um, relationship with my children. So and I'm still pulling out nuggets every now and then, like of things that I've seen or heard or read or or, or chatted with other parents, you know, I mean, it's um, like I said, like just like fluid and dynamic. And so I think having like a, a good foundation that I just started to reflect on with, um, you know, in, in the early, in the early stages has allowed me just something to kind of, you know, go back to, especially when times are rough. When Ellie was born and the first few months that seemed like that I like to equate as uh, a storm and dark clouds looming over me, just the sensation of like not being able to breathe. It really was important for me to kind of lean on the why, you know, the things that I value, the things that I remember why I'm doing this, you know. No,
2: I mean, I think that's like so true. And like, you know, being able to like revert back to that. And I think how you were saying like that scientific background like that, like you're you're schooling and like you're accustomed to like finding out, you know, the answers and taking the time to research things. And I think that really helps, you know, stir up your curiosity and and find out solutions to things that like you want to know more about. And I think you know, there needs to be more of that. Like, I think a lot of times, like people don't understand, like, they can make an impact, and they can make that difference. And like, it might require a little bit of work. But you know, like, if you're willing to really, it does start with you. And like, if you want to see that change, you have to be willing to kind of like, push yourself and like, go towards that to see results that you that you want to achieve, because it's so easy to just like throw in the towel and, you know, just kind of like, well, this sucks and my relationship with my spouse sucks and, and the kids are a mess and they're all screaming (laughs) everywhere and, and things like that. And I think to be able to just like stop and be like, what is going on here? You know, obviously there's going to be like some situations that cause things to, you know, be out of your control. But there are moments that we can really take that time to evaluate the situation and be like, what's going on here? How can I get help? How can I, you know, rearrange this situation? How can I rework this and and make it more desirable for what me and my family want and need? And, you know, how much has has Greg helped you in all of that? Like, how important is it to have a partner
0: that's like seeing a similar viewpoint as you? It is like of utmost important. I mean, it, it just, it's so important that him and I are on the same page. And I will say on days when we are not, um, especially in the early months of um, Ellie, it's like we were on the same page, but on different books. Like we were all both on page three, but it was two different books that we were reading. You know, um, we can tell when something is shaken up between the two of us. That it, like, ultimately, it, it goes down and is felt throughout the entire household. You know, I mean, honestly, the first, the first few months were really rocky, and you know, I've I've seen a lot where. I mean people, you know, people unfortunately like get divorced on, uh, you know, with with the within the first few months sometimes of having multiple children or even one child. I mean, um so there I mean, I won't lie. This is this is completely raw at 9:30 on a Friday. Um I mean, there were moments like during the storm um of after Ellie where I mean, Greg and I um, you know, had had conflict, and for some reason, like in my mental space, I I would just fall back on like, well, I don't want to get a divorce. I'm like, why am I even jumping to that? You know, but it was just it's so important to have that strong connection, like with your spouse, because it can get really lonely and it can get you know really um, dark when you're sleep deprived, um, and when you are trying to you know trying to be as as positive and there for you know your other child um it's you, you know you need that extra comfort and support from your from your spouse and it's it's rough you know it's rough um it's a challenge and we had to work on it and like we're still working on it you know um we were really heavy into into therapy, into couples therapy, um, just to make sure like, Hey, like we're aligned consistently because there were some times when we were not, you know, and it's not that we were intentionally not trying to do so. Um, but in, you know, the whirlwind of our, our busy days and what was going on with, um, you know, postpartum depression and sleep deprivation. I mean, it was a lot. Um, and it's as much as it was on me. I mean, it's a lot on, you know, on my husband as well. So um, definitely doing um, counseling together um, was super helpful um, and making sure to be consistent with that so that we had, you know, a safe space to be able to communicate when we could not, you know, maybe prior um, to a session. So there was a lot of times where we were both communicating, but we were not connecting if that makes any sense. I mean, I'm sure people can uh, relate to that even on a daily occurrence with strangers or, you know... um work um, situations, but definitely uh, had to work on that level of not just being able to communicate, you know, how things are going um, individually and how are things going in the household, but being able to connect on the level of what each other's needs are and being able to, you know, support that and, and meet those needs.
2: Yeah. And could you give like any specific kind of, I guess, like scenarios or tips and stuff like that? Like, you know, obviously, like going to therapy is a great solution, but maybe you're just not like ready to take that leap or like take that step. Like, what would you kind of suggest for people that are like struggling and just think like, oh my gosh, like my partner doesn't get me like what is going on here? how can we reconnect? And how can we get on the same book? Like, you know, like you were saying, like, you might be on different, you're on the same page, but you're in a different book. So like, how can we both be like, reading the same book and like, increasing that communication?
0: Yeah, there were a lot of times where we had to, I mean, I wouldn't want to say like, force a parental date, Um, but even a time at the end of the day to have a date on the couch with no electronics, you know, the kids are down and asleep. But just a time. I mean, we honestly scheduled it even on our phone. We had a reoccurring, you know, parental date that was on our Google calendar, and it was something short and sweet, even like from eight to eight thirty, because we knew the kids would be in bed at seven thirty. But it held us accountable to even if we didn't think we needed it, but we had it, so that we would have something intentional to kind of refill each other's cup from a you know, spouse, that type of relationship, I feel like we put a lot of emphasis on kind of like refilling like the kids cups that, you know, I mean, for me, I'm going to speak personally, I, I lost the importance uh, and the value of refilling my own cup, and then refilling my cup with my spouse. So a reoccurring like parental date, Um, we called it like a cuddle session, I think is what we had it on our Google calendar. But we had just like a reoccurring once a week, you know, cuddle session where there was no pressure. It was like, hey, we're just going to meet on the couch, you know, and do a little bit of like a pulse check for each other. So that was something that I felt of value, uh, even though I, I, you know, wouldn't think that I needed it, like, we need it, right? I mean, we're in this marriage together, Um, we're in this new journey of, you know, parenthood. It's just good to, like, have that connection and build up that, you know, oxytocin, um, or build up that romantic, you know, chemistry that sometimes you just lose in the whirlwind of being parents, you know, Um, especially, like, with us being busy working by the time at the end of the day that we put the kids down, we may have a few minutes to ourselves and then we, you know, make sure to have a few minutes for each other. So um, we were just super intentional about that, uh, which I think was helpful. And then even not with a date, but just making sure to be cognizant and aware Um, again, reading cues, not only of our children, but there's cues that our spouse gives us too, you know, and making sure that we're in line and we understand like their love language. So we can tell with those cues, you know, do they need us to offer up a little bit more of the love language that they need to feel, you know, supported and secure and confident so that we know we can connect in in that manner too. Uh, A lot of the times we adjusted, you know? Um, Yes, we had like our Google calendar and then all of a sudden things went crazy. And it's like, we, you know, we let that fail. Um, and then we had to shift and adjust to the next thing that was going to allow us to connect. And that was, you know, working out together at the end of the day. I mean, we've had to adjust to the different phases of having the, you know, two babes frequently more than like we anticipated. It was like every, I don't know, a couple of months, like we had to adjust to the next stage of where baby number 2 was and baby number 1 was and then we had to shift um knowing what our goals were and what we valued and we just shifted to the next thing that was going to allow us some form of success. I want to say that there was, you know, a couple of times where it was purely survival mode and our time to connect was we would go into the guest bedroom. So I would put, you know, Ellie down and Greg would put Odin down. And our goal was to meet in the guest bedroom, which is in the middle um, of both rooms. And we would literally just lay on the guest bed for a few minutes in silence together. But we were together. We were next to each other. And whether we put like a hand on the lap, like we were in complete silence, no stimulation, just an opportunity to kind of like decompress next to each other. (laughs) Like that's how survival mode went. Um,
2: That's so cute. I I mean, like, it's like crazy, because I know you, but like, I didn't know like this stuff. And like, I really do think like, that's so important. And like, that is needed to like, make sure that you're like keeping that connection, and staying, you know, close with your partner, because they are there to help you like they want to help you. And sometimes like, they just aren't sure, like, how just like, you know, you're not sure how and, you know, you mentioned love languages. And I feel like if nobody's, you know, looked up their love language, there's a quiz that you can go find and figure it out. And that's even a conversation to have with your your partner and just kind of figure out like, how they want to be cared for and figure out how you want to be cared for. Like, maybe that's something that you've never even asked yourself before. And you don't know about yourself. Like, I think, you know, taking a quiz like that and being able to like explain, you know, a, have a better understanding of of how you want to be cared for and and how you want somebody to show up for you is like a huge step number 1 because like if you don't even know what you desire and what you want, like how are they supposed to know? And and so like I think like really just taking that time to like deeply understand ourselves and and really being able to kind of like work that out. And maybe that has shifted maybe before, like you really liked gifts and stuff and whatnot. And now it's like acts of service, like you want them to like do things for you. So before it was like, Oh, I just bought you flowers and you you were fine. And it's like, I don't want flowers anymore. Now I want you to like clean, clean the like bathroom and wash the dishes. So Like, I think, you know, getting used to that, like, new setting and those new wants and needs and stuff and being able to communicate that, I-, I think is is something that, like, you know, we have to take time as as moms to figure out for ourselves and then also, like, be able to have that, like, communication level to explain to them, you know, what we want and what we need and also, like, being able to still you know, be there for them because if if their cup's not full, if your cup's not full, like nobody's going to be able to help any babies. So so I think, you know, like being able to stay with that.
0: Yeah, no, that's it's so funny that you say that because you know, I I took the love language test like a while back, you know, years ago. Um and I kind of knew what my top, you know, what my top languages were and <laughs> our therapist actually at one of our sessions was like, I think that we need to take this again because there was a lot of times where, you know, where where Greg was offering those languages that were previously like my tops and come to find out just like you said it had shifted to where, you know, now it's so much more meaningful and <laughs> valuable for me to have extra help for for things done around the house. Cause I can't do it. So, so funny that you mentioned that. Cause yeah, I used to be like an, you know, words of affirmation girl and, you know, I still am, but it's definitely like not my number one. I'd rather somebody help me out with the laundry, <laughs> you know, um, that is something, um, with even the, with the kids, um, that we start to recognize because, you know, you can tell which, you know, which language like your kids are starting to respond to. Um, so, it, you know, if that's something that somebody hasn't done, um, there's free tests online. And it's funny to kind of just start to see that come out with your kids because you can apply it in, you know, a number of ways. Like Odin is a huge, you know, he's a huge hugger and he loves affirmation as well. I mean, he soaks it up. And, you know, with Ellie, I mean, she definitely like, you have to meet her at her need of picking her up, you know, you have to hold her. Um, She is definitely somebody, you know, like wanting that like level of a physical, like, uh, you know, affection. But yeah, physical touch is definitely hers. <laughs>
2: That's so cute. It's so awesome to be able to like recognize that kind of stuff in our kids. But, you know, so like, you know, we've talked about like Ellie and coming into the picture and like you having two kids, but what was kind of like that dynamic shift like and and how did you kind of like prepare Odin for that new baby coming in and, and what was that, I guess, yeah, like shift like?
0: Yeah, I mean, in the same manner that, you know, we spoke – you know, to Odin in the womb, um, you know, we spoke to Ellie in the womb and even though like Odin was like a year and a half at the time, um, we definitely spoke to him about the baby in the, in the belly. You know, um, I even have like the cutest pictures of where, you know, he would actually like lay his chin, you know, on, on the belly. Um, and I would tell him that, you know, there was a baby in there. Um, and that was, you know, his sibling and such. Um, I would actually bring him with me, uh, to my midwife appointments and he would always, you know, place, um, the, the sound head and he could hear the baby's heartbeat. So where there was a lot of times that we were trying to make it as tangible as possible, even though like he probably had no idea what we were talking about. Um, but I mean, I'm sure that he could sense, you know, the change in me could see the change physically, um, you know, of, of the belly. So we just tried to do as much um, tangible and real talk with him as much as possible at the forefront. And then, you know, at night, like, or nap time, like I would even tell him like, Hey, you know, you have like a sister or brother coming, like they're going to be your best friend, like, you know, all that stuff. And we were just trying to foster some type of like healthy connection and conversation with him, even though he wasn't talking back, it was just still speaking it into existence um, was a big thing for, um, for me and for us as a family. And then with Ellie coming, it was, you know, we did a lot of prep work just in conversation, like with him and making sure to give him a lot of um, him time. Um, So like leading up to my due date, uh, we had a lot of Odin time. We made sure to do a lot of fun things, both, you know, my husband and I and with the grandparents so that he could feel that love and he could feel secure in his own skin even before, you know, baby was arriving uh, just because we knew that stuff was about to, you know, change um, and we were about to rock his world. So we made sure to do a lot of things that were about him and speak to him as, as if he Number one could understand what we were saying, Um, but number two, just really narrating what was going to be occurring in the next few weeks. You know, we even spoke to him about like, what would, what was going to happen when I was going into labor, you know, that, Hey, you know, Lola, which is grandma, um, is going to pick you up. And if it's during the day, like you may go stay at Lola's house. And when you come back home, you know, you're going to have a sister or brother. Um, so a lot of narration so that it wasn't new, you know, it wasn't a, a new thing that he was hearing. Um, but it was obviously going to be, you know, something that he was going to have heard already. and then obviously, it's going to be reality. (laughs) So we did a lot of that, uh, to begin with. And then when Ellie came, you know, we spoke to him a lot about that. Um, I think he was, you know, obviously, like, seeking, um, you know, me carrying him, and things like that. Um, And we just had to, you know, give him time, um, but also tell him the why behind it, you know, like, mommy, you know, can't pick you up, and, you know, all that stuff about, you know, she's, you know, she's healing. And, you know, I mean, we still spoke to him as if, you know, yes, he may not completely understand what's going on, but we wanted him, you know, to kind of hear that version as child-friendly as possible. Um, But yeah, the first few weeks, even with Ellie here, but Even me not being able to physically hold him, I mean, I would still like lay in the bed or sit on the couch and have him next to me. And um, there was, you know, a lot of guilt that I, you know, had not expected um, to feel with not being able to like hold Odin. I think I just had to find a replacement, you know, I had to find something that was still going to allow me that feel those feel-good um, emotions and, and hormones um, with my connection with Odin. So it may have looked like I got situated on the rocking chair and he was able to hop up and still be in my lap. You know, I couldn't carry him, but I could still like have him comfortably in some position. So I just made sure that we were trying to refill his cup in modifications of maybe what they previously looked like so that that was a shift that was definitely like a time period that i was like okay i didn't like prep for how that was going to look um but just knew what the end goal was and what i valued in my connection and relationship with him was you know time alone even five minutes at the end of the day i believe either, you know, a really close friend kind of made that comment to me. I remember when I was pregnant um, with Ellie was, you know, even five minutes at the end of the day with nothing but eyes on, you know, that, uh, you know, that second, the other, the other child um, just really helps to kind of re-strengthen that bond that maybe they, know, lacked earlier in the day because you were tending, you know, to the baby or trying to catch up on sleep and stuff. And man, did I, I did not believe that five minutes was going to go a long way. And it really did. You know, both my husband and I were on the same page on the same book that, Hey, like if I can't give it, like if you can give it, like somebody was going to give Odin five minutes of direct attention at the end of the day, when he came home from grandma's house, So that when he came home, it was kind of like reestablishing some form of normalcy because we naturally would have, you know, played on the floor. Um, And because I couldn't get on the floor, you know, we had to put that in play somehow. So just some modifications to what we would have done. Man, that five minutes, you know, of quality time at the end of the day, like not even just for your spouse, for yourself, but it, it works on your kids too. So. I, um, definitely highly recommend that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense. And then you know, obviously like connections were something that was like really important to you and you wanted to incorporate into your parenting style and everything. But what are some other final like nuggets that you'd like to share with new moms or, or little things that you have found that have really helped you as you have transitioned into motherhood?
0: I definitely will say that it is never too late. I think I I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, to kind of like have all of my ducks in a row and it kind of beats me up, you know, and then, you know, I wake up the following, you know, the following day and I'm like, okay, it's a new day. Like, what can I do better than yesterday? you know, for myself, for my relationships with my husband, with my kids, and it was just that constant striving each new day. And obviously, some days were better than others. But it's just that, that no, that if you intentionally go into, you know, your, your next day, just wanting to do better it may not happen that day and it might not happen tomorrow. Um, but just know that be patient, you know, be patient with yourself. Um, there were so many times that like, I would cry just, you know, (laughs) unwillingly, but I would beat myself up, um, because I wasn't nailing, you know, the two under two at the time. And, I was like what happened like I was killing it you know with with the first baby and like the second baby like it this is just a whirlwind and I I will say that like I have recently I feel like taken a turn I would say um I feel like all the work that I was doing um it was slow progress for sure um but I think just like knowing that If you wake up tomorrow and your intention is to do better than you did yesterday, give yourself that grace, give yourself that space to heal and to figure out, you know, what your needs are. And if you don't know what your needs are, that's okay. You know, um. So often I just kept on telling, you know, myself and I would communicate to my husband or my therapist or whoever, like, Hey, you know, these are my needs. And then at the end of the day, sometimes I'd be like, were those my needs? (laughs) I was like, that's, that's not what I needed. I, I, yeah. So there were so many times that I was just so confused. But the mental, the mental note in my head was constantly thinking of, you know, just trying to do better, um, and to give myself grace. I think we so often or not, you know, have various emotions that don't allow us that grace space, but the more that I heard it and the more that I actually allowed it, um, to myself, it's, it's definitely taking months and months and I know that a lot of, you know, there's there's probably out there what their journey is like years, you know. So, I'm I'm definitely thankful for experiencing what I've experienced because it was rough. Um, but I'm definitely coming out of it with I think a lot of I feel empowerment um for myself because of a lot of that hardship. And I mean, I'm still I'm still trying to push through, you know?
2: Yeah, I think that's really awesome to be able to like you know, be on that other side of it and feel so empowered and sort of like, you know, like you should be proud of yourself for the work that you've done and and the things that you've accomplished and the effort that you've put into wanting to be where you are. And I think, you know, it, it does take a lot for somebody to one, like recognize that and then like to like fight for it and want those results and, and want that change to occur and everything. And like, it is like a very empowering moment to to feel that and like a sense of accomplishment. So I think it's, you know, something to be so proud of. and And now you're able to, like, you know, share that knowledge with others and be able to help other people that might be like going through it and be like, look, like, I was there, like, I was going through it, like, no, it might not be exactly the same. But like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like there is another side of it all. And like, it's going to take time and you have to be patient. But I think like, you know, the more we share these kinds of stories, and the more we really like try to relate to other moms and like, let them know, like, you are not alone. And like, there's other people struggling, and maybe they don't express it, or, you know, it's, it's hidden to you, or, you know, you don't see it occurring, like not nobody's like this, nobody feels this way. But you know, like it it is out there and there are other people and like, you know, finding that support and and making those connections, I think, really opens up that opportunity for healing, like not only, you know, physically after birth, but like emotionally and, and mentally and everything. So, so thank you, you know, for sharing your story and, and what you've been through and really just like, what has helped you.
0: Yeah, no, I I did not anticipate that um, this conversation was going to go in in multiple directions, but (laughs) there's so many stories out there. um, And there's a lot of things that, you know, may resonate with, you know, one person, you know, versus the other person. Um, But like you said, I think just getting it out there, I'm and I never thought in a million years that I was going to have the struggles that I did um, through the second baby. I mean, I've seen a lot of stories and heard a lot of stories from like others, but never anticipated that was, you know, going to be, um, the storm that I had is what I call it. So I am so grateful to be able to share it because sometimes people just want to hear that. Hey, like, yes, it has sucked for others. Right. Um, it validates, What they may be experiencing and just know that that level of grace and hopefully they can find it will allow them to take a turn, you know, um, hopefully sooner than later. Um, But know that there's just a lot of support um, and sometimes you have to find it. Um, I had to look for a lot of the support that I received. Um, It didn't just like come to my doorstep. And I think that was a really big challenge that I didn't even recognize I was going to have was to seek that. But thankfully I have a supportive husband and um, you know, his mission was to find me help whether it was through him or through something else. <laughs>
2: yeah. Are you um, open to like, if people listen to this episode, like having them contact you or or get in touch with you in any way?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, many hands make light work. So I think the more that um, if something that I have said, like resonated with somebody, um, or just like, hey, this is a mom that struggled, like, I need a mom that struggled to feel my struggle. Like, yeah, (laughs) I would not mind that at all. So how
2: could they get in contact with you? What would be the best way?
0: Sure. Um, they are more than welcome to find me on Instagram. My um name on there is C Garcis, so C G A R C E S 85. Um, but that is probably the best way is to just privately message me on Instagram and would love any opportunity to kind of connect with other moms that you know need some extra support um or just want to see how you know my journey in any way um panned out that may seem similar to theirs um i think that's really important for us to band arms for sure
2: well thank you again for for you know coming on and and talking with me i know this was a a long waited conversation (laughs) but we've made it
0: I think there was like five layers deep, um, (laughs) probably 20 layers deep than I anticipated there was going to be.
1: Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.